Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Get into the Word for a few minutes and then we'll spend some time to pray. Uh, we're looking at how to build an effective prayer life. How to build an effective prayer life. Glory to God. One of the things that we find out is when we use the word effective, one of the things we mean by effective is the fact that it is working. It is producing results. See, many times as believers, we cannot just get in the motion of things without it producing the kind of results that it should produce. Praise God. Come on, I said praise God. So, we're looking this evening at what are some of the ways we can cultivate an effective prayer life. The truth is, the believer's life would rise to the level of the person's prayer life. Your, your life in the natural would rise to the level of what you commit in the place of prayer. So I'm going to look at a few scriptures because our time is limited. I want us to also spend a bit of time to pray in the Spirit. James chapter 5, very popular verse of scripture. So look at cultivating an effective prayer life. James chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 16 and 17. 16 and 17. Or we can read James chapter 5, 16 17. We get up to verse 18. Glory to God. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The first thing you see in that scripture is the Bible says that when you pray, for instance, it says, Pray for one another that you may be healed. Okay? That means the expectation of this prayer is that healing will follow. You see, many times we are comfortable with praying and not getting results. You know, it's almost like, well, let's just pray about it, okay? I mean, a situation is going on and I say, let's pray about it. And we pray. You will still find people go out of that situation and they will try to want to solve it. So let me give you an example. We're trusting God for some money. Let's say we're believing God for some money to get some things done. And say, well, let's trust God about it. And we pray about it. And then we pray. The next moment, if you, if you still sit with those people having a conversation concerning that same event, what are they going to talk about? Ah, we don't have the money. We don't know where the money is going to come. But I thought we just prayed about it. I thought we should be in faith expecting that God will do what? will cost the money to come. You see, many times as Christians, we need to know that we've got the force of faith to get things done. You see, the very things that God will call us to do in this life will not be accomplished by our own natural strength. That's where prayer comes in. If you really want to do big things for God, if you really want to get ahead in God, if you really want to see miracles in your life, if you don't want to just live a life that's common, normal, what everybody's going through, if you really want to get to the edge, the cutting edge of faith and adventure in God, you've got to learn the power of prayer. 
He says, when you pray for one another, you may be healed. He says, the effective, James 5, 16, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. That's a statement we need to take time to meditate on. He says, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. It can accomplish much. It can cause most things to happen. You see, we limit the possibilities of God in our life when we restrict our prayer life. And that's why you see sometimes as Christians, we don't have time for God. We, we are almost struggling through everything in, you know, in life. Why? Because the power that should make us accomplish much more, we're not accessing it. Praise the name of the Lord. He says the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. I want you to think about that statement. I'm using the New American Standard Bible. He says the prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Think about that. Think about that. What things are you accomplishing through prayers? What things can happen in your life if you would give yourself to prayers? What things can you believe God in the place of prayers and see that they will happen? Can we believe God for our city? Can we believe God for the nations? Can we believe God for more resources to get the work done? You know, I was reading, growing up, one of the materials I had access to very early from dad's library was T.L. Osborne. And I like T.L. Osborne. There was a book T.L. Osborne wrote. The title of that book is The Message That Works. The Message That Works. You see, let's not make it look like Christianity is just one addition to our life. This one is a Muslim. That one, worship this one. Then I'm a Christian. No. Are you seeing the results of your prayers? Have you, do you have something you're praying for and you're beginning to see the results? We have a vision in church, a church growth vision. And I said, well, before we are going to talk about this church growth vision to the whole church, I told our staff, I said, we're going to pray for the next 30 days, 30 minutes every day, from 12 to 12.30. When you come, we're going to pray. Because it's easy to stand on the pulpit and just cast a vision. This is what we want the church to do. Praise God. And that's not backed up by prayer. People's hearts are not willing. People's hearts are not in need. The Spirit of God has not meted their heart to it. How many projects do we embark on in our life without much undertaking in prayers? Praise the name of the Lord. He says, the prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. It can cause things to happen. I believe that we should go for the Christianity that's got results. Praise God. We should look forward to praying for the sick and seeing them recover. We should look forward to laying hands on people that are demon possessed and see the demons cast out. We should look forward to praying God and trusting God and supernaturally we'll see resources coming. Supernaturally we'll see provisions coming. That's it. That's it. It's the message that works. This thing is not a lifeless religion. It's not something that makes us just look nice. The very life of God was shed to birth Christianity. And prayers is a foundational aspect of a Christian faith. It says Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. 
And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. The interesting thing about this, two things I pick up from this place and I want you to see today, is the Bible says, Elijah was a man like you. You see, many times when we read about Elijah, we don't see him like a man like us. Hmm? When we read about Elijah, what comes to your mind? Wow, that powerful prophet. But the Bible says, he was a man with a nature like yours, like me. Then, the next thing I like about what was said about Elijah here, was how specific his prayers were. And the results he got. And the time he got the results. He said what? He prayed that it should not rain. He told us what Elijah prayed about. He says he prayed that it should not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain. Can you see something there? He was a man like us. He had a nature like ours. But he prayed and he saw results to his prayers. It means that humans can see results to their prayers. See, prayers can be measured. Hallelujah. Come on, I said prayers can what? Can be measured. So, we're talking about how to cultivate an effective prayer life. The next thing it says, Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced fruit. You can see how Elijah prayed. And through prayer, I want you to get something from tonight's meeting. The specific city of his prayer life. It was not vague. It was measurable. Hallelujah. It was specific. There was a time to it. Are there things in your life you can look back and say, well, this thing happened in my life for this period and I know that I prayed about it this period. You know, most sometimes Christians pray very vague prayers. So one of the ways to cultivate an effective prayer life, number one, is to recognize that every prayer giant also has the human limitation that you have. So if you read about a man like John praying Hyde, that he prayed until the very spot where he was kneeling down from the groove under him. Don't look at it from a a powerful perspective. Look at it from a man like you who was disciplined to pray. When he heard uh, of a man like Father Nash, right? Father Nash used to follow Charles Finney to crusades. And his results were tremendous. He would go a few days before the meeting and pray. And Charles Finney would preach your massive salvation of souls. And then he died. And after the crusades, he would also pray again. Then he died. And dramatically, the souls of Charles Finney's crusade reduced the bit. And he went before the Lord. And the Lord had to point to him that Father Nash, who was responsible for administering the power of God where the conversion of souls were concerned, had passed on. That was a measurable result. He was a man like you. He was a man like me. Praise God. You see, let's not... One of the things we must never do in this life is to build a theology around failure. Hmm? A church is not growing. Then we give all the many reasons in the world why it shouldn't grow. Uh, 
We are not saying answers to prayers. We give all the many reasons in the world why we don't have answers. The one question I ask is, do you want answers or you don't want it? Because if you're giving excuses why your prayers are not answered, then it means you don't want answers. Because if you want answers, you will not give excuses. You will look for reasons why your prayers should be answered. You see, this book that was given to us is a living book. So let your human limitation not be an excuse why you will not be a man of prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you here? Let your human limitation not be your excuse. Let sleep, that's part of human limitation, hmm? not be an excuse why you don't pray. Busyness. Some of us are so busy, we don't have time to pray. Don't let your human limitation be the reason why you do not pray. That human nature, all the people who have been people of prayers, what happened? They possessed it also. They didn't possess supernatural abilities. No. They were disciplined with their natural abilities. Number two, be specific in your prayers. Be specific in your prayers. If there is something you're praying about, don't be vague about it. You see, most times we can be vague about our prayers because we want to feel sorry for God. We feel God might not be able to deliver it. <laughs> so we're vague. Can you see how Elijah prayed here? Right? He did not pray and say, Oh God, these people don't want to serve you. Curse them. No. He prayed that it should not rain. Let's be honest. Do you think any of us seated here today would have the boldness to go out there and pray and say it will not rain and it's not going to rain for three and a half years. But we know that Elijah prayed the word because the word says that if the, the children of Israel disobeyed God, it will not rain, right? So he prayed the word. But do you think you would have the courage to take the word to a situation and pray and be bold enough that you would have the answers? It will require courage. Yeah. So you know the word. I mean, you know what the word says. For instance, the Lord, the word tells us that our God shall supply all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Do we all know that? Come on, talk to me. Do we all know that? Alright. Can you be bold enough to take that scripture? Hmm? And you have a need in your life? And pray that scripture and be bold enough to say, you know what? The money is going to come. <laughs> I mean, that's an effective prayer life. An effective prayer life is not that you are spending hours in prayers and there's nothing to show. Your prayers should bet something. It's not a talking competition. You know, prayers is not a talking competition. You know, for some people now, it's not a bad thing, but for some people now, when you say, just pray, they just start blasting in tongues. say, we prayed for six hours. Not a problem. Next day, they are praying again. We prayed for 12 hours. Not a problem. Then the next day again, say, we're praying. Well, this time we're going for 24 hours. So you, 24 plus 6 plus this thing, you've prayed for 40 hours. What is the specific measurable impact of that prayer on the atrium? What did those hours produce for you? 
You see, there are times to pray into the future. Are you hearing this? There are times to pray in tongues, to birth things in the spirit. But if you are always birthing things in the spirit and you're not having manifestations on the earth, you're going to be frustrated because you need answers on the earth. So if I have to do a meeting, if I have to plant a church, I, if I, after birthing hours in the spirit, I'll need what? I'll need a space. I'll need a venue. I'll need people. Are you following what I'm saying? Is it? Let's not make this thing look like, you know, it's just one. I don't know how to put it. Let's not make it look like we're just playing being Christians. You should be able to stand in a place and say, you know what? This is a result of what I asked God two years ago. This is a result of what I prayed six months ago. This money came as a result of what? What I believed God for four years ago. That's how we begin to enjoy this thing. So an effective prayer life is a prayer life that is specific. Everybody say specific. We have to learn it. How many people are you believing God for? Be specific about it. All at church right now, everybody knows that we're doing Vision 500. And I told them, well, if we're doing Vision 500, before we make the vision up, we're going to pray one hour for a soul. One hour for a soul. Interceding for a soul. So that means we're going to have a culmination of 500 hours of prayers to birth that. Now do we do that? 30 minutes every day. We're going to have a 24 hour prayer chain. We all know what we're praying about. We're praying for 500 people. We're laboring for the souls of 500 people. It's measurable. Praise the name of the Lord. Don't be vague. Oh God, bless me. What do you want? Be specific. Don't be afraid that God will not be able to meet the demands. You see, let me tell you something. Nobody goes on a shopping website. Right? Let's say for ladies who want to buy bags. Do you just go there and just click six bags and say, anyone that's in your mind, send it to me? You don't do that. In fact, listen very carefully to this. If an order is not clear, it's not delivered. Mm-hmm. How many of us sell things here? Hmm? How many of us sell things here? Right? Maybe somebody come to your shop and say, I want rice. I don't know how many kind of rice you people have now. You know, let's assume. Somebody say, well, there's mama gold, there's mama silver, there's mama bronze rice. And then if I say, I'm not sure, I just want. You say, okay, when you are ready. Because if you're not specific, I can answer you. If you're not specific, there cannot be deliveries. Deliveries is based on what? Specified things. That's why when something is delivered to you, you get angry. Say, no, this is not what I ordered. So you see what people put on social media, right? What I ordered and what showed up. (laughs) Yeah? So some of our Christian life is like that. We are not even ordering anything. So things are just showing up. No. Be specific. Praise God. Come on, are you here? You see, there was a time I was waiting before the Lord on a fast. I was praying. Normally when I start fasting and I get the answers to my fast, I break the fast. So I can say I want to fast for six days. But then the second day I get instructions, then I break it. But that particular day, after the first few days, I got the answer. So I wanted to break the fast. And then the Lord says no. He says, stay long in this fast. He says, the victory of this battle is in your longevity. Is in your, pers- your persistence is the victory. I've given you the wisdom. He says, but your persistence is what will give you the victory. You see, that's specific. That's measurable. Praise the name of the Lord. So Elijah prayed, if you want to be effective, you have to be specific. You have to be specific. 
What are you praying for? Have what you call, have what I call a prayer journal. Write your prayers down. Write when the answers come. Make this thing interactive with God. Make it a life thing with God. Don't just be vague. Don't just blast prayers. Be specific. Know what you're asking for. You see, because Elijah knew what he was asking for, after three years and six months, he was able to undo it. Right? He said he went back, he prayed again, and rain fell, and the earth produced fruits. So he knew that through my prayers, the rain stopped. And through my prayers, the rain can fall again. Do you have that kind of prayer life? Do you even know what your prayers have cost? (laughs) If you don't know what your prayers have cost, how can you either undo them? Amen. You see, these are very important things that we need to take a look at. And I'm beginning to cultivate that work with God, to be specific about the things I ask the Lord. And to watch for them as the Lord brings them. Trusting God for a man, trusting God for a woman, trusting God for children, trusting God for the ministry. Many people want the church to grow. They don't even know how to pray for growth. They don't know what to pray for growth. They don't know how to labor over people spiritually for growth. Don't, your life must not be disorganized, including your prayer life. Don't just pray when you feel like. We'll talk about that. Mark chapter 1. The third way to cultivate an, an effective prayer life. Mark chapter 1 and verse 35. Mark one thirty-five. Thank you, Lord. <sighs> Praise the name of the Lord. Let's start reading from verse 32. When evening came after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. This is about Jesus. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Look at the massive success that Jesus had just gotten. The whole city. Imagine the whole of worry hmm, gathering at our door. And we heal. Do you think when you get up the next morning, what do you think you're going to do? Huh? Do you think you're even going to get up the next morning? No, you just sleep. Ah, man. Yesterday we had a powerful service. The whole city was gathered at our door. Let's see how Jesus responded the next morning. 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went away to a secluded place, and was praying there. The response to success for the believer is prayer. That's how a believer responds to success. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you, if you, if, if a major thing happens in your life, keep your prayer schedule. Jesus had a time of prayer. Let's be honest. I mean, even me that I'm preaching. You think if I just finish preaching and I heal many people and the whole city will gather the next morning while he's before, I will get up to pray. What are you praying for again? So this shows us that for someone to have an effective prayer life, prayer must become their life. They are not just praying for things. They have become, in the, they have become a praying people. 
have a time every day where you pray. Your body will get used to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have a time. It's five o'clock in the morning. Get up. Spend that 30 minutes before God in prayers. Have a place where you pray. Sometimes you can be traveling. That might not be easy. But if you have a house, have a place where you pray. The Bible says he went to a secluded place. He wasn't praying and his phone was on. The people pray like that. Hmm? I'm praying, I'm praying, and then the phone will ring. We'll pick the phone. Say, coming back, coming back. I'll pray. I'll call you. I'll pray. In Jesus' name. I'll go pray. I'll go reach you. I'll pray. They are not serious. Are you following what I'm saying? Seclude yourself to pray. Is it, if this thing is important to you, you will treat it that way. Shut your phone. Take your Bible. Take your. Your end, spend time to pray. It says, the Bible says that he went to a secluded place and he prayed. Rose up while it was yet dark. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus went to pray. Let me ask you a question. What was Jesus praying for? He had no wife that was giving him troubles. Hmm? He had no child that was uh, stealing money. Eh? He wasn't poor. He wasn't... What was Jesus praying for? It's the way to stay in tune with the Father. That's something that prayer helps us to do. Stay in tune with God. Stay in tune with the Father. See, there are many things God wants to do in our life that we can only, only walk into them as we spend time in prayer. There's, there's a glorious destiny for every one of us. Praise God. You know, as I journey through life, I start more and more realize that life is more of a product of being at the right place at the right time, having the right exposure, meeting the right people, and all these things. You say success, um, um, the race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. But time and chance happen to them all. Then the question is, who controls time and chance? God does. So in life, primarily, what you're looking at is the control of the natural events in your favor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Control of what? The natural events in your favor. Have a time where you pray. And tell yourself, this is my prayer time. Let your children know. You know, sometimes it's very amazing, but I see sometimes parents, when they are reading the Bible, their Bible, the child is not one year old. The child is not six months old. The child is not one and a half year old. You're reading your Bible. Your child will come, will climb on the Bible. You will now be begging the child. Oh, you say, stop, stop, stop. I've been telling you. I've been t-. And then the child will, will tear, you're, you're, you're in Numbers chapter 2. The child will tear Numbers chapter 3 out. <laughs> Train your children to respect moments of spiritual activities. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Train them. That when you are praying and they walk into the room and they say you're praying, they'll go back. How do you train them that? Start gradually. Some of you will be praying. The child will come. 
Mommy, I want golden more. So okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. Jesus, one minute. Then <laughs> you go. You prepare golden more. You go back. You see, what you have told that child is that his, his, um, how do I put it? His food is of a more priority than your prayer life. You, 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 in your mind, you are a caring mother. You are a caring mother that's a bad role model spiritually. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That love that you think you have, you don't have love. That's not love. You stay in the place of prayer. And as the children grow up, they would grow up with those things. Valuing spiritual prayers. Valuing prayers. You know, I was, I was talking the other day, and I was saying, you know, sometimes our children will say, I don't want to come to church. You know, while I was growing up with my parents, it, was, it never crossed your mind. It, that is, you never thought of it that there is something like not going to church. You know, sometimes you can only think of something that is possible. It never crossed your mind that you can ever say you are not going to church. You, you, it, it didn't, you didn't think of it as a solution. Whether you were sick, whether you were not sick, if the church doors were opened, you showed up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But today, we have every little excuse not to go to church. Not a problem. But you realize that your children are observing you. And this is what I find out. As parents get older, they start saying, Oh, I want my child to serve God. Ah, Father, touch him. You know, you want the father to touch him. When you had the opportunity to touch him, you didn't. How do you touch the child? By modeling. You know what? Jesus' disciples went to Jesus and said, Teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. John's disciples were taught to pray by John. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. You've got to teach your children to pray. But how do you teach your children to pray when you don't pray? Huh? All our prayers, our Father, thank you. Thank you for this food. Thank you, we will not die young. We will live uh, to eat the fruit of our labor. You know, all your prayers are investment based. And you, you are prayed. Bless and satisfy this food as we eat. Any poison in it, in Jesus' name we pray. That's all the prayer. That's all the prayer. Hmm? Even sometimes when we say let's pray in church, we are distracted. So we're praying. You're distracted. Your mind is somewhere else. Family prayers in the morning. You come half asleep. Everything they are praying, you agree. You don't even, part of your mind is still, you are just, you know, <laughs> in, the, in those days, just like you are petting the sleep in such a way that immediately they finish the prayer, you can still continue with the sleep. So you don't, you don't come alive fully. Night prayer, you are almost gone. You are just waiting. You say, in Jesus' name, amen. Pam, you've hit the bed, you are gone. So everything around your prayer life, there is no intentionality. We can't live good lives that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We've got to be intentional. Nobody has a strong prayer life that's not intentional. Can you take out some time hmm, and say, for the next two days, I want to spend time in prayer before the Lord. I want to pray these scriptures into my life. And start praying. One day I had, um, we're closing by six, right? Six o'clock. Yeah. One day we, uh, I took my team together and I said, we're going to pray. 
And uh, they said, oh, you know, you don't like doing all night. I said, the problem I have with all night is sometimes we leave our house, we come, we will dance and dance and dance. You don't say about going for all night. They come with mats and come with um, flask, you know, <laughs> and they come, and we will come with pillow, throw pillow. You know, I say, we are going for all night. <laughs> you are not going for all night. <laughs> come on. You know, and then people will dance, dance, pray little, we teach. So I said, okay, let's do the all night. It's going to be a prayer all night. We're going to pray for six hours. So we started about ten. I think we finished about three or four. And you could see some people. Hmm? After two hours, they were gone. Hmm? And I gave them a law. I said, don't hold anything. Don't hold and don't touch anything. You know, because those people, when they do, they first of all hold... You know, after one hour, they will hold this thing like this. Then after, they will go like this. Then after, they will go like this. Then after, they will go like this. Then before you know, I mean, by the fourth hour, they say, don't touch anything. You are not laying hands on anything. Just pray. The church is big enough. Don't touch anything. Hmm? And I said, okay, if you want to sit down and pray, don't rest your back. Huh? Don't rest your back. Because you know, before you know, they pray like this, pray like that, and they are gone. You see, those things are natural things not to make you sleep. You know why? You are a human being. I don't know how people pray on their bed. You have to be very strong to pray on your bed. That's you know, some people say, ah, I just like lying down to pray. It has never worked for me. Because most times you would think that you are praying. The only reason you will know that you are not praying is that you will be seeing yourself in your village, you are plucking guava, you will be speaking in tongues, but you know that, ah, it's like I'm with Mama, oh, you know. And then for some of you who sleep very deep, you realize that there are means people that are dead that you have fellowship with. That means your sleep has crossed this realm. It has gone to the other people that have died long time. You are playing Ludo together. You are speaking in tongues in one area, and then you don't do that. Don't deceive yourself in the place of what? Prayer. I never I never sit praying. I can sleep at will. So I never lie down praying. All the times I've laid down to pray, I didn't finish it. You can't be stronger in that sense. You understand what I'm saying? So if you realize that you are somebody who is not very active in the morning, you are more active at night, put your prayer time in the night. See, let me tell you something. Don't copy other people's prayer techniques. Look at your body. Know what works for you and build a schedule around it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Some people, they pray in the morning. It's good for them. Some, your morning schedule doesn't allow you to, why not pray? You can pray at night. Take an hour. Off your phone, one hour. You know, I told, I told people in my church something and it changed their life. I said, put, off, put your phone off one hour before you go to bed and read. Change people's life. What about if you do that for prayer? You want to sleep by 10, put your phone off by 9. Because you know, something that keeps us a lot in this life is phone. Because you know why it keeps us that there's somebody always wanting to talk to you at their free period. Hmm? You see, if you stay online 24 hours, somebody will talk to you. You know, somebody can, you can just chat you. I celebrate Grace, sir. I'm very bored. How are you doing? How's family? So now I have a pre 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 played answer. Right? Once it has, I just say, please, can you send your message once so that I respond? Because for some people, it's the back and forth, the table tennis way of answering, like, how are you, sir? I'm fine. I celebrate grace, sir. 
Then if you tell me I celebrate, what do I now say? I celebrate. And then, I mean, you're wasting time. Just say what you want to say in one sentence. And then I can respond to you. But what I'm trying to say is that if we keep our gadgets on, someone will always do what? Engage us. So if we want to spend time with the Father, we've got to disengage. You can't have an effective prayer life if you don't know how to separate yourself. Look at this. Look at this. Jesus, in Mark chapter 1 verse 35, is, they are his disciples. But what happened? He left them sleeping and went to a secluded place. In the next verse, verse 36, the Bible says they came looking for him. They, they were searching for him. So it means that Jesus went where nobody could easily find him. Can you read verse 36? Mark 1, 36. Look at this. Mark 1, 36. Simon and his companions searched for him. So if they searched for Jesus, it meant he was not easily seen. Then he says, they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. So that means Jesus did not just pray where people could see him. He separated himself so he can spend time with the Father. There are times you should separate yourself. Give yourself days off to pray. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For some of us that are still young, hmm? where we are going is still far. We can't afford to go into it prayerless. Our destiny is still far. Even if we are doing ministry. You know, one day I told Sister Mary, I said, can you imagine, I've been doing ministry for 13 years. Let's even say the Lord permits me to do ministry for 50 years. Right? Let's say the Lord even permits me. Let's even say the Lord permits me to do ministry for 30 years. Let's just say 30 years. It means that all the ministry I've been doing since I got into full-time ministry till now, it's not even half of what you understand that you can't do that on your own strength. What God wants to do in your life cannot be done in your own strength. You have to be a man of prayer. So Jesus secluded himself. Praise God. So we talk about knowing that we have a human nature. We talked about number two, being specific. Praise God. We have to be specific about our prayer request. Many times Jesus, people came to Jesus and what would Jesus ask them? What do you want me to do for you? Even though they were blind. Because there are some blind people that don't want to see. Yeah, and if you go and open their blind eyes, you, they'll tell you to blind it back. I, just, I don't want to see. How many times have you attempted to help somebody who doesn't really want help? Hmm? I was told the story of a young man. The man was helping out in church. was a very good guy. And they bought jam for him. Jam form for the young man. The day of the jam form, <laughs> they saw the, the jam exam, sorry. They saw the man on the streets. Sir, you did not go for jam. He now said he didn't take church to buy jam form for him. That he has not been preparing. Yeah. True story. So what I'm trying to say is that sometimes we can think people need things, but they don't need it. So you have to find. So Jesus would ask, What do you want me to do? Say that I might receive my sight. Jesus said, Okay, fine. I have your permission for you to see. Specific. Jesus did not just distribute power. Don't have vague prayers. Hmm? One of the things I do every month, I have an income I'm believing God for, is a, a specific amount of income. 
I stay on that income every month. When it gets there, I increase it. That's how I increase my financial life. Very specific. I can tell you at what year that income started growing. Every year, I believe God, I pray. I'm very specific. I'm very deliberate. I don't like, you see, I don't like when people make it look like life is almost not predictable. Then it actually gives us no chance. You know, people just know, I don't know. You know, some people are lucky. Some people have just found grace. You know, where, how do people find grace? He said, let grace be multiplied to you through the knowledge. So knowledge is what gives you grace. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't look, don't say life is not a mystery. That mystery has been solved in Christ. Through God's word, we can map out our future. Praise God. There's something I wanted to do next year. And I was thinking about it. When I came to the house to see that today, I was thinking about it. And as I was going home, deep in my spirit, the Lord was saying, no, if you get to next day, the preparation will be late. You have to start preparing now. I'm like, oh, okay, that's true. Just spend some time in prayer over that. That's how the wisdom of God guides you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Alright, so you must have a, you can have a place to pray. You must have times where you separate yourself to pray. Have times where you separate yourself to pray. And I want to say this because of our time, I'm hoping some other time we'll be able to continue with this. After every major victory in your life, give yourself to prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you accomplish any major thing in your life, take out time and pray. You see, I don't know how to explain it except to use sports balance. Those of you who watch football, Right? Every coach will tell you, immediately you score a goal. Immediately you score a goal. Right? If you watch, if you watch football, proper football now, you realize that when they score a goal, all the players will go and celebrate. But if you watch something very carefully, you watch that the defenders, especially the senior players in the team who are defenders, will start instructing the younger players to watch God because it's been proven over time that a team is vulnerable like if you score a goal now a team is vulnerable in the in the first five minutes after a goal is scored a team is vulnerable to get the goal scored back right you know why the team is vulnerable they are caught up in the goal they just scored and you know some people will be running and still be celebrating in their mind are <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then they, they opened up. It's the same thing. When we achieve a major victory, we don't lose God. You go before the Lord in prayers. You stay sensitive before the Spirit of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The 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 the, the, the Christian's response to success is to give themselves to more prayer. And that's why, as the Lord begins to increase us, because He will, let's give ourselves to prayer. As the Lord begins to bless you, give yourself to prayer. Pray more. Spend more time with Him. Because these things the Lord has blessed us with can begin to distract us. Praise God. What the Lord has blessed us with can begin to become what? A source of distraction. You know, sometimes when people don't have so much, they'll pray because there's no much to do. But now they have so much. They have money. They're moving from one series to another, from one series to another. Yeah, have you watched this series? Ah, say that series. <laughs> Me and that series were five and six. So they are even going online to check where the next episode. 
behind the scene. They watch the main movie, then they now watch behind the scene. The one that did not appear. See, I want everything. I don't want to miss anything from this. <laughs> Those, I mean, give yourself to the things of the Spirit. There's much more you can accomplish. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Give yourself to the things of the Spirit. Be a man that sparks revival. Be the light of the world. I look at our world today and there's a cry in my heart that we should have more of the presence and the power and the glory of God. Hallelujah. Can we, can we stand in our faith? Time is gone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to pray. Spend like two minutes. Let's ask the Lord to reignite the fire of prayer in our heart again. Can we just pray that prayer? Oh, Shabarata Sotelebrendo Kosiada. Father, reignite, reignite, reignite the fire of prayer in our hearts again. In the name of Jesus, reignite the fire of prayer in our hearts again. Let it burn, O oh God. Liko Shalebada Hatose. Let it burn, let it burn. Likoste. Vrangedogosh de Balahate. Oh, Segerane. Oh, Sembrade Katatatamandeka Suda Badakatea. We pray, Father God, let the fire, let the fire of prayer be ignited in our hearts again. Let the fire of prayer be ignited in our hearts again. Where we are weak, may we pick up again. Where we are weak, may we pick up again. May we be men of prayer. May we be men of prayer. Ah, may we be men of prayer. May we be men of prayer. This church was better in prayer. It was better in prayer. You see, you see, we're the young generation in this ministry. Whatever was handed to us in prayer, we cannot manage without prayer. Let's commit to the Lord. Let's commit to the Lord and say, Lord, oh Jesus, we will be men of prayer. I challenge you. I challenge you. God can use you. God can use you. Yes, God can use you. There are many things the Lord can use you to do. Don't give up on Him. The Lord is great. The Lord is good. Ratos Bahatesh. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. That we will love prayer. We will give ourselves to prayer. We'll be men of prayer in the name of Jesus. Let me just say this. Let me say this. It's an observation I found out. You see, when you look at certain ministries that are prayer ministries, right? We're not talking about whether what they pray is right or what they pray is wrong. We're just talking about prayer ministries, right? People that pray. You see, there are certain kinds of strange testimonies they get. That's the truth. You can't deny that fact. Ministries that give themselves to prayers are certain testimonies. And you know what? It's because it's normal. The spirit word responds to prayers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if you watch your life, if you separate yourself for a season and give yourself intensely to prayers, you discover that certain things will begin to happen in your life supernaturally. And I want to challenge us today. That the grace of God to reactivate and reenact our prayer life will be granted unto us in the name of Jesus. I pray for every one of us, including myself, that we will go back to the altar of prayer in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Father. Just make a commitment today. That at least every day you spend one hour in prayer. Hmm? Make it. It's easy. It's easy. Take out things to pray for. Pray for the church. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your family. Pray for you. Most times when I'm discipling people, I tell them Monday, pray for this. Tuesday, pray for this. All the days of the week, have something you're praying for. Be someone God can depend on. Amen. 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 The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Praise God. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.